hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. Oh God, we come to you. We know that life is messy, life is complicated. Life uh, sometimes throws us things that we aren't expecting. But God, we know that there's one thing that we can't expect, is that your love will always be there for us, and that you care for us, and that you walk with us even in the midst of dark and difficult times. So Lord, as we come to you this morning, We pray that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Well, it is is good to be back uh, with you, and it's good to be able to start this new series that we have titled Blindsided. Now, uh, Blindsided is based off of a book that uh, I had uh, the privilege to be a uh, pre-reader on and not saying that I'm special or anything like that. I just saw an email and I responded to it and they sent me a book so I got to read it early. Uh, it was written by a pastor who uh, pastors up in the Toronto area by the name of Kerry Newhoff. And uh, the title of the book, if, if you want to look into it and, and, and read the book, it's called um, the th- uh, uh, Didn't See It Coming can't even remember the title of the book. No, it's called Didn't See It Coming. And it's, it's a fabulous book. And my hope and prayer as we move through this series is that I don't, I'm not trying to regurgitate the book to you, but I wanted to give a, a different take and a different spin of how these different pitfalls, if you will, can affect all of us. And, and today we're talking about fighting cynicism. Now, whenever I say fighting cynicism, you may be already thinking, oh, well, yeah, there's a lot of cynicism in the world right now. And, and there is. I mean, all you have to do is spend five minutes online, and you will see some of the most cynic people uh, around. And in, in, in the age of trolling, which is uh, going to comments and just saying whatever negative thing you can, it seems like it gets ramped up even more and more. Webster's Dictionary defines cynicism as an inclination, or yeah, inclination to believe that people are motivated purely by self-interest and skepticism. I think, yeah, that's about right. And, and there are times in my life where I find that I may be one of the biggest cynics around. You know, all I have to do is, is to go back to graduating from college. So this is kind of my graduation spiel. Oh, little Chris. If you only knew the things then that you know now. See, even that, isn't, it, isn't that even kind of a cynical statement? Yeah. You know, when I graduated from college, from Fringe University, I graduated uh, with a, a bachelor of music education, and I was ready to be the 
best music teacher ever. How many of you have seen the movie Mr. Holland's Opus? You ever see that movie? I was going to be better than Mr. Holland. You know, I was thinking I had it planned out that when I was old and retired that I would have, you know, I, was, I was more of a choir teacher, more of a vocal music. I would have this, this massive four, five hundred person choir standing at my retirement celebration and they would be singing this song that somebody wrote for me and I'd be sitting there just <laughs> wiping the tears from my eyes and just so thankful that I was able to make an impact in students' lives. Now, before I say this next thing, I want to preface this. Um, I love Roy City ISD. And I think Roy City ISD has some of the best teachers out there. I won't say the uh, school district that I taught in, but it didn't even compare to the teachers that I see here in our local community. And I remember I had, uh, be being a music teacher, I was one of those what they called specials teachers. And, and it, in, in the town that I taught in, specials was another word for you are the teacher that we dump all of our kids on so we can have a break and don't you dare bother us. That, that's what it was like in this, well, maybe, let me rephrase that again. That's how I felt like it was whenever I was teaching. And we had an art teacher who taught for maybe 20, 25 years, and he was the most negative person around. So when we had our breaks and, and we specials teachers got to talk or when we had teachers in service and our specials teachers were, were put in our little special group, he went off and he kept talking about how bad the kids are, how bad the administration is, how bad all of these things over and over and over again. So this wonderful music teacher that I was going to be started to get knocked down bit by bit. And then I started to look at other teachers. And I was like, yeah, how come they're not really supporting me like they should? Or I would look at the administration and go, yeah, all they do is sit in their office and drink coffee. They don't care anything about that's going on in this one. Now, I know we have an assistant principal here in our room, and she is amazing. I don't want to make sure that I clarify all of that, but, you know, cynicism works like that. Cynicism comes in because it's not because you don't care, but cynicism happens when I think you do care and you want the absolute best, and, and things start attacking and, 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 and knocking things down, that all you have to do is to start looking at the negative things, and you forget about why you got started in the first place. So how about you? Have you had that moment? Have you had that moment where you were just ready just to take on the world and you knew that you were going to be the absolute best and everything was going to change and then all of a sudden it's like the rug just gets yanked out from underneath you? That's because we do care. 
where we become cynic because we care a lot, but we get hit time and time again, and that cynicism starts to build up and wear on us as we move through our lives. <coughs> I think that's what our scripture helps us see about cynicism this morning and how it can take root in our lives. Our scripture is from Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 through 15. If you have your Bibles, please follow along, or you can follow along with the words that are on the screen. Hear the word of the Lord. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So we're going to take just a brief look at, at what exactly is Paul saying in this passage. And the way that we're going to do that, we're going to kind of reverse engineer uh, this passage. You know, we're not going to take a look at the beginning, but we're going to take a look at the very last part of the scripture. Paul says that if you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. Isn't that what cynicism is? Cynicism is this ability to, to bite and devour each other. And when we take that opportunity to, to, to rip people apart or to tear each other down because they're not matching up to what we think that they should be, it starts to eat inside of us, doesn't it? And, and I don't care how cheery your disposition is, if you have this mindset that every single thing that you are going to do or say is going to tear someone else down because they don't match up to what you think they should be, then something starts to die inside of you. Something starts to, 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 to eat inside of you. And, and then the next thing you know, all you can do is look at the world and go, well, that's why the world the way it is the way it is. You know, there's absolutely no way that, that we can actually have anything that means anything worthwhile if people are acting like that. <coughs> this past week, there was an incident on Facebook, and uh, I, I read this, this, this very nice statement written by somebody that I respect, and I made the mistake of clicking on the comments. And I started to read the comments of this post. And each comment, one after another, was just filled with negativity. Filled with, well, they just don't really care about what's going on, or they haven't read history well, and so they don't know exactly what they're, they're talking about. And I, I reached out to the person who wrote the, the post, and I said, you know, I stand behind you 100%. You know, I think what you wrote was great, and, and, and let me know if I could help. And he came back with, thank you. And I said, yeah, my biggest mistake was that I, I read the comments. And sometimes that can happen either on YouTube videos, on, 
on newspaper articles that are posted online. You know, every little negative thing bites and devours us to where we just don't care at all. But Paul gives us the, the remedy to this. Paul says that the way that we do this is that we love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. What would it look like when we had disagreements if we just sat down and talked with each other? What would it look like if we looked at someone we didn't agree with and say, you know, I respect your opinion on that, but this is the way that I feel. And, and you don't get upset or, or alarmed because somebody is feeling the opposite than you do, but you, you listen to each other. It brings hope. It gives hope. And I think that's what Paul is talking about. The, the best way that we can combat cynicism is that we take a look at the hope that we have as followers of Jesus Christ. Now, if you were here a couple of weeks ago for Easter Sunday, you heard me talk a lot about hope, and I'm going to go ahead and talk a little bit about more hope today because that is the hope that we have. We don't have hope that things are just going to work out and things will be fine. We have hope because the grave is empty. We have hope, just like Mary Magdalene had hope when, when she came to the garden and, and she started to weep and, and this gardener came up and tapped her on the shoulder and she kept looking for her master. He kept looking for Jesus. And on that second look, she saw that Christ was there in her mist. We have hope because Christ lives. And that's just not a message for two Sundays ago for Easter Sunday. That is a message for every single day of our lives. We have hope, not because of what we can do. We have hope because Christ lives. So what can we do? How, how do we combat cynicism in our lives? Well, Kerry Newhoff, in his book, he has this just beautiful quote. It was one of the first quotes that stuck out at me uh, when I first read this book a long time ago. And it's something that I keep say, replaying to myself over and over again. Kerry Newhoff says that when we close our heart to people, we close our heart to God. How true is that? When we start closing our hearts to one another, there, there's this block that happens, and, and it helps us or it prevents us from being connected or having hope in God. It closes our hearts to the one who loves us, who cares for us, the one that died for us and rose for us. There's an actress by the name of Jane Seymour. 
and I used to laugh whenever I saw these TV commercials of this little pendant that she made. It was called the Open Heart Pendant. And, and the commercials were just a sappy little story about when we open our heart to others, our hearts are fully open. And, and I just, I, I, would, I would turn the channel sometimes when that commercial would come up because I didn't want to hear her say that. But as I was reading about combating cynicism, and I, and I read this quote from Carrie Newhoff, that image came to mind. So I did a little research on, on why she did this. Why did she create this open heart pendant? And she said, well, first it was because of a gift that her mom gave her. It was a gift of, of being open to others. And, and there were times in her life where she really wanted to close off and, and not be around people or, or accept people for who they were. But she noticed something as she started to do artwork. She, she would do little things, little uh, art pieces with hearts. And she noticed as she had her art pieces laying out that every single one of them had this openness to them, or it wasn't a full heart. There was a, down at the bottom, it was opened, like she would just start, and it made her reflect on the posture that, that she should have in life, that if she were to close off her heart, then there would be absolutely no way for, for others to come into her life and affect it in a positive way. My friends, the best way for us to battle cynicism is to, to keep our hearts open so that the hope that we have through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ can penetrate who we are and so that we can know that all that we have comes from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Am I on? On now. I don't know how to turn on my mic. There's a hymn that's very meaningful to me. It's a hymn that I've sang all of my life. And it's a hymn that reminds me to keep myself open for the love and grace of Jesus Christ. And in these words that I sing over and over again, it helps fight cynicism. These words reminding us of God, the hope that we have in our Savior. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. My friends, the best way for us to battle cynicism in our life 
is to continue to stand on the solid rock of Jesus Christ and to allow His love, His grace, His power to live in and through us so that when the world throws us all of these negative things, we can hold true to the rock of Jesus Christ. Heard a great response from what we did uh, during Easter with the spiritual practices, so I thought I would continue that through this series, give you some practical ways for you to take on these things that might blindside you, and you'll have it uh, in your bulletins along with the scripture for today. And I just wanted to quickly move through that before we, we come to the table where we receive the hope of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, you got to take time to be quiet. You know, that's something that we repeated over and over again at Lent. If you just keep being busy, there's no way that you'll allow God's peace to live in you. Ask open-ended questions. You know, it's okay to ask questions. I don't, I don't know where this comes from, that Christians can't ask questions or Christians can't have doubt or Christians can't wonder what's going on. But if we don't ask questions, how can we fully understand God's plan for us in our lives? We have Samuel, who's going to be turning six here in the middle of the month, talk about questions. Man, he has a whole bunch of them. Why, why, why do we do this? Why do we do that? Why, 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 why? That's okay to ask why. Give fewer answers. I <laughs> think that's what gets us in most troubles. We think we have to have an answer for everything. And sometimes we don't. And sometimes it's okay to say, I don't know, but I will walk with you to find those answers. To dream more. You know, one of the things that I love about our church is that we are a dreaming church. And we try to find ways that we can continue to reach out to our community. And then again, ask why and why not. Why not isn't a negative thing, but why can't we do this? Why, why, why not? Why can't we uh, have this type of ministry for a certain part of our, our geographic area? And we'll be tackling those as we move along. So please take time to, to, to fight cynicism in your life, to be open, because Christ has given his love for all of us. And that's why we come to this table, isn't it? This table every week when we gather to share in the bread and share in the cup, it is a reminder of the hope that we have through our Savior, Jesus Christ. It is a reminder that we come to the table to, to give all of ourselves to God. We commit our lives to the one who loves us and saves us. So my prayer for you as you come to the table, you may be cynical about something. There may be something in your life right now that you are just fighting. Give it to God. Say, God, my heart is open 
to you because you love us, because you care for us, because you died for us. So let this holy meal be a reminder of that great love of our God. Let us pray. Dear God, as we begin this time together, we come with our hands outstretched to you to receive the bread and to receive the cup. Help us to remember as we, we extend our hands to you that our hearts are open to you and that it is through the solid rock of Jesus Christ that we claim and stand and move through our lives. Let that love of Christ be evident to all so that your name may be proclaimed. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.